stranded and don't know what to do or how to, do, how to get there, right? That's a serious problem for me. It's like, man, if I only knew what to do next or how to get myself out of this mess or how to stop myself from getting into this mess repeatedly, right? Anybody repeat offender? Like, not just with the law, but with yourself. You just keep, you just keep breaking your heart. You still, it's like, man, I just pound the living tar out of myself. You know, I do something stupid, and then I cry, and I feel bad. I get all up on my feelings, and I run around this vicious circle. I said, like, what is going on? Why can't I get out of this damn thing? Like, it just gets tiring. You know, I'm 50 years old. Praise God, I've been sober for a little while. But I remember being so tired, and, and just because I'm not drinking doesn't mean I'm devoid of wrongdoings, <laughs> stupid mistakes, right? So... It gets tiring. Now, what I've come to find out is that if I put God into the equation, it will figure out. I might not get the answer that I'm looking for, but I will always get the answer that I need. Amen? Amen. Are you willing to do the math? Like, let's be serious. How many of you guys actually want to take your inventory? Are you willing to take a truthful look inside? Like, I'm not talking about what everybody else sees. I'm talking about what you see. You know all those things that, that just turn, they just, they burn your bacon, right? Like, all those stupid things that we just keep doing. It's like, why do I keep doing this stuff? Like, are you willing to look inside and see that stuff? I'm seriously talking about an honest inventory. You know, 14 years in the program, one of the things um, is how it works, or in the how it works portion, um, is brutal honesty. And I personally think that's one of the hardest things. So a walk with God, a walk in a relationship. Wouldn't you love to have a relationship that actually builds you up instead of the ones you keep having to tear you down? Like, one of us is always a, a jerk. You know, oh, he's so stupid. I can't even believe he like, does that. Oh, my gosh. Ryan, this, uh, just me. Stop that. <laughs> I can't believe that girl. She's so stupid. She keeps doing that stuff. And just like, bam, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> 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 right? I was like the drunken redneck. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
Glad <laughs> you can see my attributes. So what drives you? What are your eyes fixed upon? Do you even know what your goals in life are? Like, have you ever dared to dream so much that you would pick a spot in time and space that you wanted to get to? Right? Have you had the audacity to look inside yourself, to be honest, and say, you know what? If I could get out of my way, I would love to get here. This would be, this would be an awesome place to be. And for all of us, that's different. Like, one day I would love to have a wife who builds me up. A wife who, when we come together, it's a perfect little team. And maybe I'm an idealist, but that requires me getting my head out of my backside. Me getting in touch with my emotions, my feelings, and all these things. But most of all, with God. And so we'd be a team that built each other up. So when your eyes are... What are you focusing on? If you don't have a goal, then what are you looking at? Are you looking at your mistakes? What are you seeing? Does God, does God play a part in your todays or your tomorrows? Is he part of it? You know, because coming to church and saying I'm a Christian puts you in the same boat as so many of those people that kept you out of church. Now you're one of them. Right? Oh yeah, those hypocrites. You know the type. The ones who say they go to church and they act like a jack wagon and they treat you terrible and they judge you and they do all these things. Now what? Now you get to be one. How awesome is that? Or, or you get to be what you hoped the church would be. What you're not seeing out of people. Right, what would that look like? How great would that be? So let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much. And Lord, as we, uh, as we work on focusing our eyes on you, as we work on uh, falling in alignment with what you have for us, Lord, we pray, Father God, that you would bless us with the amazing ability with the amazing ability to actually see and be who you called us to be. For your ways are greater than ours, Lord, so help us to submit ours to yours. Amen. Amen. Your heart's focus matters. How many of you guys are or were like me and your heart's been broke so many times that you can't you can't even hardly look out of that thing anymore like it's just it just tears you up there's nothing in there but pain there's nothing in there but hurt what if god wanted to come inside and clean it all up and put it back together all those little pieces that you're hiding like i don't want anybody to see that because if they knew that about me they wouldn't like that. And so he comes inside of you and he heals you. Because God wants us to be whole and to be healthy. God wants us. God wants us healed. Amen. So first John five 
3 to 4. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. They say that faith the size of a mustard seed is all you need. So I ask, do you have it? Do you have it, or is that word just something that we say because that's what Christians say? Remember, in the beginning, I asked, are you willing to take an honest inventory? Because when we can be honest with ourselves, and I know that it's hard, and I know that it's gut-wrenching sometimes. But, beloved, if you get to the end of this process, and it opens you up, and it allows you, it allows you to be and do what God has called you to be and do, would that be worth it? So we think that we're giving something up by surrendering to God, but what if the gain is worth the give? So you're going to give it away, but you're going to receive more. Can you imagine that? But these are the promises. Right? What's he saying? For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. So to bless God's heart, we keep his commandments. What are his commandments? Love God and love your neighbor, right? And his commandments are not burdensome. How hard is it to love God and love our neighbor? What's he calling us to? What does it look like? Why would that be a burden? See, the world tells us that it's a burden, but it's actually not. It's a blessing to be able to love your neighbor, to not carry around hatred. If hatred is a cancer that wears and tears you down, then why keep it, right? That's like standing there with flaming hot coals in your hands, and it burns, and it burns, and it burns, and it's just burning through your hands, right? Like, that would hurt. And yet we virtually do the same thing to our own emotions, to our own feelings, to our own hearts. We allow the pain to take precedence, and we don't give it up to God. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. So when you really truly are a follower of Christ Jesus, it's going to take a couple of steps. But there's something in you that burns for you to be that better person. I know that men, I'm a manly man, 6 foot, 280 pounds. I've been a carpenter for 30 years. I've done a lot of different things. Makes me a manly man, right? I'm muscular. I'm like, ooh, ooh. Right? Oh, don't be surprised by the gut. There's a lot of muscle underneath there, Chica. So the world has all these expectations of me, and what happens if I'm actually a sensitive person? What happens if I actually, what happens if I would actually dare to love people the way that I want to in my heart? But every time I open up my mouth, this stupid thing comes falling out of my head every time. Like, shut the hell up! When I really wanted to say, excuse me. Would that make a difference in your relationships? What happens if the words that we actually wanted to say would fall out? And this comes when we are strengthened when we allow God to work inside of us. When we stop with the world, see, I don't have to... I don't have to live up to what the world says. I can be me, and perhaps perhaps I'm one man, but perhaps 
I'm one man helping to change other men to grow into be the men that they want. That doesn't mean that you have to put on a pink tutu and tiptoe shoes and dance a ballet to be sensitive and compassionate. You still get to be a manly man. What would happen? What would happen as a woman if, when I was hurt, I just said, "You know what? That really, that really hurts my heart. I can't, I can't handle when you talk to me like that." I would really appreciate it. And we began as, as men and women having conversations that built one another up. What would that look like? Has anybody ever had that? Or how many times have you yelled at somebody and felt like absolute garbage when you were done? It's like, I cannot believe that I did that. There's not an apology in the world that can take back what I just said and what I did. And it goes back to that cycle, that circle, that darkness where back to, I'm such a piece of trash and you just give up. But God's calling us to more, beloved. He's calling us to more. You see? We can overcome the world and what the world tells us we're supposed to be. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. Our faith, our belief in God gives us the strength to do what God is calling us to do if we will walk in faith. If we have genuinely received Jesus Christ as our Savior, not just said it, here's the thing. God knows whether it's lip service or it's truthful from your heart. So there's two people in the world that know, you and God. And might I say that if you're not in that good place with God, he's always welcoming. He's always welcoming you. So Jonah... Jonah's anger and the Lord's compassion. I started out at the end of Jonah because I think it's really important because Jonah felt that he knew what the people of Nineveh would do and he wasn't about to do it. So if you know the story, God called Jonah to go to Nineveh and speak to the people like, hey, go tell these, these yahoos to knock off their stuff. Like, I love them. I just need to get right with me. Like, stop, repent, and come on back, right? that's how God that's how God does it he wants us to stop what we're doing to repent to turn from our sin and to go back to him and Jonah's like nah ain't doing that well why didn't Jonah want to do it Jonah was Jonah was found in the belly of the whale and people say well there's never been a fish that could do that but if you read the word it says in there that God provided the fish so all things. So Jonah didn't want to do it because he allowed his disdain for the people of Nineveh. So he didn't like them because of the things they were doing. And he knew God. He knew God's heart. Let's listen to it. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was angry. So this is right after God forgave the people of Nineveh because they... They turned from their sins, they repented, and they, they were wearing sackcloth, and they went and did all the things, and God, God blessed them. He forgave them. And this was what Nineveh was, Nineveh was carrying, carrying this burden for them, and he didn't, or not Nineveh, but Jonah was carrying this burden for the people of Nineveh, and he, he's like, you guys aren't worth it. You see, he was the judge, the jury, and the executioner, and he's like, yo, watch this. I'm going to get away from the old man. I'm going out here in this boat, yo. I'm going to roll out. We'll go quick, right? I don't know if he was part of the rowing team or what. 
Like he's out there, the storm comes up. They're all like, oh, throw everything from the boat. They flip everything out of the boat. They're oh my gosh, we're going to die. They get down to the point where they're like ready to start throwing dudes out. Right? So they cast lots. And guess who gets picked to jump? Jonah. Coincidence or godsidence? I would say godsidence. So Jonah gets chucked over the water. Fish comes up, takes him in. So all that had to happen because Jonah, just like you and I, when we harbor resentments against our brothers and sisters, our neighbors, the ones we're called to love, and we're called first to go preach the gospel, right? And instead I say, well, you're not worth it, and you're not worth it, and you're not worth it, and you're not worth it. And God's like, no, you're worth it. You are all worth my grace. You are all worth my love. You are all worth everything, the treasures in heaven that I have for you. But see, Jonah decided to pitch a fit and call the shots and try and play God. The beautiful thing about life, the beautiful thing about a walk with God is we ain't got to play God. We get to partner with God. And we get to share the love and embrace other people that we may not even like with the truth that will set them free from the burdens they're carrying. All those things that we keep talking about. So here it is. But it just pleased Jonah exceedingly. And he was angry. And he prayed to the Lord and said, Oh, Lord, is not this what I said when I was yet in my country? That is why I made haste to flee to Tarshish. For I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding, abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster. Therefore now, O oh Lord, please take my life from me. Like dude is so adamant about not carrying this out. He's torqued at these guys. He's like, because Nineveh's jacking it up, and Jonah's judging him. And he's like, man, these guys are not worth it. Here he is. He's like, take my life then. Get me out of here. If this is the stuff we're going to play. I don't think Jonah got it, do you? So here he goes. Oh, Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than live. Like, I would rather die than live in a world with all this grace. With all this stuff, with all this, you're just going to forgive him anyways. What's the sense? Jonah didn't get it, but God is a just and jealous God. And the Lord said, do you do well to be angry? Do you do well to be angry, Jonah? Or do you think, Jonah, that you should check my heart? That you should align yourself with my heart and know that I am good? And it is by my goodness that you're saved, Jonah. That you are loved. And so each and every one of us has to get to that place in our walk with God. And we have to check ourselves. And we have to find out if we're real or if we're carrying these grudges against everybody else. It's easy, right? But when we feel ourselves in those places, what would it look like? What would it look like, beloved? If we were honest and we said, you know what, Lord, I can feel the hatred and the anger burning inside of me. And Father God, I ask, I ask that you would help me. And Lord, I turn from my sin and I turn from my judgment and I turn from my anger. And I turn to you, Father. And we were forgiven. What would it look like? What's your wail? I know I missed the ark. 
<laughs> what is your will? What is it that's going to save you in your pool of stuff? What is it going to take to get you to trust and move in God? Let's think about it. What, what's it honestly going to take? You're the only one who knows. But there's a real good chance that you haven't even bothered taking the inventory. That you haven't been honest enough with yourself, nor anybody else, to get to that place where you'll move with God. That's not a bad thing, beloved. It's not. It's the start. So we start by fearing the Lord, which is the beginning of wisdom. So to know what God is calling us to is such a beautiful place to be. Because you can't get to the end if you don't ever start. Right? How are you ever going to live your dreams if, one, you don't even know what your dreams are, and two, you're so locked up in fear that you won't even start it? You, know, you defeat yourself before you even move your feet. Right? And how many, how many of us do that? We're scared to death to succeed. We're scared to death to fail. We're scared to death to actually be happy. We're scared to death to stop doing the things that will bring us joy and peace. So we hold on to the things that, we're, that are tearing us apart. But we've already decided and every head in this place nodded when I talked about flaming hot coals in your hands and how silly it'd be to hold them. Right? Because it hurts. But what are you doing? Do not go after other gods to serve and worship them or provoke me to anger with the work of your hands. Then I will do you no harm. Yet you have not listened to me, declares the Lord, but you might provoke me to anger with the work of your hands to your own harm. Therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, because you have not obeyed my words, you're so trusting in what you can do that you won't let God do what he can do. How silly is that? Right, but let's, let's think about Torn. We're going we're gonna to be honest. We're going to be truthful here, right? This is, a place, this is a safe place for us all to grow. How many times have you said, oh, how, how am I going to dig my way out of this? Right? Whoops, I did it again. <laughs> how am I going to dig out of this hole? What if your first step was to humble yourself and get on the knees, on your knees before the Lord and say, Lord, you know that I did it again. You know. And Father, I turn from my sinful ways. I turn from my sinful nature and I surrender all that I am to you, Lord. And Father, I need to know your will for my life. I need to know your will for my life, Lord. I need to know what it is you're calling me to so that I can get through where I'm at because I'm hurting, Papa. Will you take the time to listen? Will you be like Nineveh and turn from your ways because if I'm Jonah and I'm bringing a message of truth to you, the city of Nineveh, Nineveh, will you listen? Nineveh, will you hear me? Will you listen to God the Father 
Psalm 119, 47, for I find my delight in your commands, which I love. So the author is speaking to God. Discipline is not bad. Be disciplined in all your affairs, follow his commands, and walk in love. Why is it a bad thing to step into line with what God is calling us to and walk out what God is calling us to do? How's your way working for you? How's it working for you? So then why are you tripping when God is calling you to walk in line with him? Why are you tripping? What's, what's got you hung up? What? What's got you so stuck where you need to be? Or stuck in where you don't need to be? How about that? Be disciplined in all your affairs. Follow his commands and walk in his love. He died for our sins to pay the cost of all our sins. If you're carrying unforgiveness in your heart, again, check with Jesus. Because he's got you. You're okay. He's fine. He's too... Let him be. See, we love our kids here. And I know it's a hard thing, but I promise, I promise you this, that it will not be long. It will not be long, and that little man, that little man will find things that he loves here. You made him. Yeah, he's a beautiful boy. Right? That's that's children. They don't they don't always do what they want. But the beautiful thing is, look at all of us great adults that I had to call to attention what thirty times before we started? And the difference is what? Oh yeah, you guys should know better. <laughs> Trust me, I'm right there with you. It ain't no big deal. So to know that Jesus died for our sins to pay the cost for all our sins. I cannot say it enough. God is love. If we will choose to walk in his ways, we agree to walk out a better life. Serving others, loving others, being kind to one another. This is where life begins for many of us that have been out of out searching under every rock and behind every scathing thing we could find. Now I got you, Buckaroo. Hey, let me go! Not a chance. Not a chance, monkey boy. Oh, oh I'm falling. Is this abuse? No. <laughs> God bless that boy. Yes, here, look, look, I got something for you. <laughs> it's more sugar. No, it's a distraction. So... If you guys wanted to take a note, this would be one you want to take. I cannot say it enough. God is love. If we will choose to walk in his ways, we agree to walk out a better life. How many of you guys want a better life than what you're living right now? Yeah. 
Even though you don't know exactly what your hopes and dreams are, perhaps you just hope and dream for something better. Like, I'm tired of hitting my head on this wall. I'm tired of doing this stuff. Serving others, right? Like, what would happen if we put ourselves underneath somebody else and we served them and we didn't think about ourselves? Like, if we got out of our way and we loved and served others first. The other week, what if we did that every time? Every time. See, because this is where faith comes in, right? Because you're not in, the, in any other boat than anybody else, right? We serve people when it's convenient for us. Like, I will give you when I got extra. How many Christians do you think there are around the world? How many do you think? A million. A million? Short. A million. Way short. A billion? You're short. Probably like a thousand. 2,184,000,000 around the world professed Christians. If every Christian gave 25 cents a week, what would that look like? A lot of money. Every time. Every week, one quarter. How much money is that? You're the accountant. Quick. Let's go. Fired! Be over 500 million a week. What difference could we make around the world with 500 million? But yet, most Christians are too busy saying, I don't have a quarter, yo. Catch me next week because I should be caught up by them. Yo, just wait. Just wait. I got something else to do. Just wait. Walmart's calling me again. <laughs> right? Yep. You know what you're tripping over. You know the measure of your generosity. It's completely out of convenience and completely out of excess for most of us. But what happens when we live life serving others, loving others, being kind to one another? This is where life begins for many of us that have been out searching under every rock and behind every scathing thing we could find. How many other places you've got to check yet? Right? Are you going to die first? Are you going to die first before you... Before you check behind the rock of salvation, <coughs> what's it going to take? Because, beloved, you're the only one who knows. You're the only one who knows. four people covered or the next month covered to make a difference guys we can do this we can be the difference Jesus has been right there waiting for us to listen to love and to live out the father's commandments Psalm 119, 33 and 40. 
God, teach me lessons for living. Now, this is in your Bible. Did you know this was in there? You might have known that psalm was in there, but let's read it, right? God, teach me lessons for living so I can stay the course. Give me insight so I can do what you tell me my whole life. One long, obedient response. Also, response to what? Response to the love of the Father, right? So what happens? We die to self. We live in Christ. We don't live for the world. We live for Christ. We start making a difference, and we can do this, beloved. Guide me down the road of your commandments. I love traveling this freeway. It's not a burden to follow Christ and to be to be with him, to be following the commandments. Give me an appetite for your words of wisdom and not for piling up loot. Divert my eyes from toys and trinkets. Invigorate me on the pilgrim way. Affirm your promises to me, promises made to all who fear you. Deflect the harsh words of my critics. But what you say is always so good. See how hungry I am for your counsel? Preserve my life through your righteous ways. It's out of the message Bible. And I love it because it puts it in language where you and I can understand it. I can grasp what he's saying. But like this whole thing he's saying, this author is saying that the world's going to criticize me because I look different. I act different. But how many are criticized because you're fat or skinny or your hair's too long or your hair's too short or... Or you don't wear the right this, or you don't do the right that. You ain't got this, you ain't got that. So what's the difference? Why don't diets work? Diets don't work most of the time because we're miserable. We're fighting, constantly fighting to even feel good enough to even take the, to have the audacity to try and do something. Beloved, when I look around this room, I see just beautiful people. That's all I see. Just beautiful people. We're all different shapes and sizes and colors and whatever. It doesn't matter. None of that matters. What matters is we live to build one another up, to be there when our brothers and sisters need us. And if the world tells us we're kooky, then so what? They're already going to tell you you're kooky for something. Right? We know that. Didn't we just go through an election year? Yeah. And if you're a Trump supporter, well, then you support you support hatred, you support all this. If you're a Biden supporter, you support this or you support that. And it just gets to be stupid because we're forgetting to love first. Well, honestly, Christians, if you're going to run your mouth about, about who voted for who, you're wrong because you're not reading your Bible. Read your Bible and see what it says about leaders set before nations. Read it. Google search it. I'm not going to tell you. I'm not giving up the goods. What do you hunger and thirst for? What is your heart's eye focused on? <laughs> Truthfully, what's going to get you? What's going to get you where you need to be, people? 
if if you want something different, then you have to do something different. If you keep doing the same thing over and over and over and expecting a different result, that is the definition of san insanity. Right. It's nice to know it. So if we know it, then if we know the answer, then why do we keep doing it? Riddle me that, Batwoman. We ain't dumb. We're deceived. You are not, you are a far cry from stupid. You're bilingual. You just happen to like acting stupid sometimes. It's like, hey, watch this next stupid thing I do. <laughs> this would be cute. You know how I recognize it? Because I do it myself. I am willing to sacrifice anybody looking at me with a half ounce of respect so that I can look like a joker sometimes. Yeah. And what am I actually doing? I'm deflecting so that people don't get close to me and know me because I'm not happy or satisfied with me. Because if you knew me and you knew that I had flaws, you'd be sure to jump on me. You're not perfect? What? I'm a titch away from it. Yeah, me about the size of a Grand Canyon, but we'll call it Titch. <laughs> you can live in reality or you can live in a fantasy world. And I tell you what, if you look outside these doors and you start telling me that what people are telling me is normal and good and right, and you think that's okay, we're killing a million babies a year. That's okay? No. Nah. No. We have, I think it's 10 million people dying every year from hunger. 10 million people dying from hunger around the world. And yet if every Christian gave a quarter, they'd be eating. There would be nobody in this world that went hungry or died of clean water to drink. But yet I'll tell you this, when I was in my running and gunning days, all the money I spent. <laughs> Always had money for that. Hey, bartender, give me no good friends. Yeah! Right? Sound like that when I was drunk. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just going to ask you guys, or tell you, you do the math. If you put God in the equation, it will figure out. He made it out. He's pretty happy about it. <laughs> All right. So. So let's pray, and we'll wrap up this day. All right, so Father God, we thank you so much for your love, for your grace, for your peace, for the lessons that you continually teach us, Lord God. We are broken people, but together with you, we'll be put back together, we'll be made whole. So Father God, as our prayer team, uh, as our prayer team gathers tonight, I pray, Father God, for the courage for for these believers, for these saints to go forth and find one of them, to receive prayer, to receive prayer. And Father God, I pray your anointing on the, on the hearts, the hands, and the healing of these prayer warriors, that you would be with them, Father God, that you would be with this body, 
that you would love up on my friends and my family, Lord. Help us as we come to know you better. We love you, Lord. Amen.